You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is the home stretch on the Thursday edition here on the 16th of June or 15th of June. Do I have the day I'm off? It's the 15th. Come on, Scott. The 15th of June, we hit the middle point of the month, the sixth month of the year. So we're in the middle of the middle of the year, right? because June's the middle month of the year, and it's the 15th. Okay, you're with me. All right, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do so wherever you get your audio. Check out also the free Odyssey app where you can listen to a world of sports music, you name it, and you can also listen to the show there as well. You can also yell around your house, hey, Alexa, if you have the Amazon device or whatever device, the Google device, and say, what the heck is Mo saying today? No, you have to say silver and black today, and it'll pop up, and you can listen to it there. So thanks for being with us. He is Mo Moten. He is the NFL writer over at Bleach Report. Covers the entire league. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully, as well as the show being SNB today. Okay, we're going to get into your mailbag. Mo, are you ready to mix it up with the nation? They have some questions, some good questions this week. There's always good questions. Nobody insults me or you, which is good. We bring those on occasionally. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, though. We joke about that. So every once in a while, we'll get an email. Usually our emails are not insults. They're just kind of like criticisms, which we, we take, we, we love, actually. Because if we have somebody's critical of us, totally fine with it. If it gets ugly or nasty, I just don't give it the time. I'm always interested that some people will respond to kind of like crazy people. We try not to every we lose our cool every once in a while as individuals yeah. and somebody gets crazy on us and we have to respond. But most of the time, I like the criticisms or hey, you guys could do this better or do that. But the crazy people, I never understood why other shows, journalists that write whatever online, why they give those people credence. I think it's human nature. Sometimes mm. and I and I think this is true. You can get you can write a column, right? And you can get a thousand compliments on that column. But you'll get that one criticism and you and you go on that one. Like, what are you person. doing? Right. That was brilliant. It, it, what are you talking right, about? Right. Because everyone else is patting you on the back and that one person is like, eh, no, I don't like this. And it, it kinda <laughs> it will it, trigger you. And I think that's a natural reaction from people that yeah. we pay more attention to the negative than the positive. Ask athletes, right? That yeah. have won championships and have lost championships. They'll tell you they'll never forget the championships games that they lost those those nba right. series those football games those super bowls that they that they came up just short those hurt a lot even though they've won one or two before or after yeah. that one that they missed out on 
it hurts them. So neg- it, it goes the same with negative criticism sometimes. It does. And it's really interesting because the fact that we think everybody should like us, right? And, and think about it from your own perspective. And listen, I'm human, most human. Every once in a while, you might, I might like be in a social situation, right? I have buddies here in town and we, we hang out, we have some bourbon, we smoke a cigar and they'll bring somebody new. Most of the time, cool. Everybody's good. But every once in a while, they bring in somebody and you're like, eh, I, I don't really care for that guy for all kinds of reasons. You know, we have, we have individual biases. We have individual feelings. Like we click with certain people. We don't click with other people. So when, when we get comments on YouTube, whether they're criticizing Mo or they're criticizing me or they're criticizing the show, whatever, like, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Go watch something else. Like, no problem. Like, I don't take offense at it even unless you, you know, every once in a while they'll make appearance jokes or they'll talk about this guy's that guy whatever but it's interesting that people want that 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 affirmation and really the only affirmation you can give yourself that really matters is inside uh inside and also your loved ones the people you really care about so that's what we do here we don't mind criticisms we love when you guys tell us we get people tell us our sound is bad on this episode (laughs) or you guys are wrong on that and we're wrong all the time so it's good you tell us hold us accountable we're good with it but we one, didn't have a lot of that. Go ahead. One thing I, I want to say, though, because a lot of young writers reach out to me, young writers yeah. in school and college, they reach out to me. And, and one of the first things I tell them is, if you're a sensitive person, this isn't <laughs> this isn't the lane for you. Because yeah. from the gate, once you get a platform, once you get a big enough platform, you're going to get criticized every day. There's not one article, not one column that I put out, maybe here or there. There's not one column that I put out that everyone totally agrees with it. The Josh Jacobs column that I put out uh, yesterday, you know, I had I have a good friend. I, I wouldn't say friend, but Twitter guy that that we converse a lot about the Raiders, and he's a really good guy. I think it's Oakland Raiders history 1976 or something close to that. Mm-hmm. He disagreed, mm-hmm. and and I was I was totally fine with that. I didn't argue with him. Like like I said, I'm not trying to force my opinion on anyone. I know people yeah. are going to disagree, but whatever you write. Whatever you say on these podcasts, there's always going to be somebody who disagrees with your point. You can, you just cannot get triggered by that. You can't. Or you're a tire. So, for example, and I'm bringing this up just for fun, um, and I wasn't mad about it or, or hurt by it or anything like that, but the last video I wore my Padre hat, my San Diego Padre. I'm a San Diego Padres fan. I grew up in San Diego. <laughs> the Padres have nothing to do with the NFL or the Raiders. Like, there's no correlation. doesn't matter, Right. Now, I know a lot of Raider fans are Dodger fans because of the L.A. time. I know a lot of Raider fans are also A's fans, and they're going to move to Las Vegas now. Bill got approved. Stadium's funded, by the way. Uh, but but Padre had has nothing to do with the like nothing to do with the Raiders. So a guy commented, he's like, oh, dude, I had to turn the video off. Guys wearing a Padre hat. It's like, why? So I, I actually, out of curiosity, I'm like, what do you mean? It's just a Padre hat. I'm a Padre fan. Well, dude, you can't. That sucks, man. Why? And he would, he couldn't answer why. And at the end of the day, it's because he doesn't like the Padres. And that's cool. So if you don't want to watch our show and you're a Raider fan and you don't like the Padres, even though we're not talking baseball, that's cool. I mean, you know, you, you, you watch what you want to watch. But I just find it interesting that people will be closed off to content because of something somebody's wearing. Your hat, for example, everybody mistakes your hat as a Brooklyn Nets hat. It's not a Brooklyn Nets hat. It's a Brooklyn hat because that's where you're from. Okay where you live, wherever you're at, you're a New York guy. You're Midtown Mo to us, but nonetheless, you, you, you have your Brooklyn hat on. People will be, oh, what are you wearing to Brooklyn? Well, it's not. Whoa. Read it, read it, people. 
Where does it say Nets? Read it, it doesn't, people. Doesn't, doesn't say, say Nets anywhere on the cap. It says Brooklyn right. on the top, Brooklyn on the bottom, DK in the middle. <laughs> no Nets on the hat. But it looks like it, right? And But the funny thing is, back to the Padre cap, I said, <laughs> do the Padres play the Raiders? No. Have the Padres insulted the Raiders? No. Have they ever insulted Raider fans? No. So what's the big deal? I also wear a Baltimore Orioles hat because I like Brooks Robinson from the 60s, and I'm also a hat guy. I have a Kansas, I have a Kansas City A's hat, which I wore one time, and people were like, why are you wearing a Kansas City hat? And I'm like, uh, you don't know your history, right? Maybe I could teach you something. It's an A's hat. Where do the A's play? Well, they're about to play in Vegas, but they're an Oakland team. So... It's just interesting uh, in today's. So I try to use my attire to educate people sometimes, Mo. <laughs> I will say this too, and you have to watch out for this. There, there are trolls out there who will just criticize anything. Sure. Just because, as you said, they're, for whatever reason, they don't like the show. They don't like you. They don't like yeah. me. They just want to find something to criticize. They'll, they'll find any little thing Correct. to say, I'm not going to watch the show. Because they do the same thing with, with columns. They go, I right, stopped reading after you said this. <laughs> or I stopped reading after that, or after you wrote that, and it's like fine, okay. A lot of times it's not true. They they're just trying to troll you. Number one, yeah. Number two, some of them will be back and they'll wind up watching or reading down sure. the line. So I I don't worry about it. Well, and and, and listen, I I love people out there. I love interacting with people, and and again, I don't tell people how to fan. Uh, and 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 again, I take it all in jest. I really do. I mean, unless unless you are stalking me or something, which we've all had issues with that before, I, I don't really care. It's all good. But I love the discussion. I like the debate. So if you want to talk about something, cool. It just, but it's also a a little mini window. And I know we're off subject here. We're going to get to your mail in a second. But it's a mini window into, I think, what's so wrong with us today as a society. And we all are in part of that. I'm not picking on one group or the other because we don't want to hear the other side. We want to take what we believe to be true. And if you say something opposite of that, whether you're right or wrong, whether you have data or good information behind it, we're just going to shut off. And that's why we find ourselves so polarized and so at each other's necks today because we won't freaking listen if you just listen to people i there's plenty of people i disagree with but you know what i always listen because i never know he, they might bring up a point and say huh now i know sports is different if you hate the chiefs you hate the chiefs i'm nothing i say if i'm a chiefs fan <laughs> to make you like the chiefs i get it but in general though just be open-minded and listen it might reaffirm your opinion or you might take something into account and say you know what i didn't think of it that way i still disagree but now at least i better understand you doesn't work like that in, in this world, Scott. That would be utopia. Uh, especially online. But all right. Okay. So let's get to questions here because we got some good ones from all over the world. And I do mean the world, the globe. For those of you who don't believe it's flat, um, we'll get into that as well. So here we go. Uh, first email from a good friend of ours. It says, greetings from England, fellas. I have a question for you. I will not do it in the accent to save you all that pain. Uh, do you think the Raiders have a shelf life in Las Vegas? How long will a win-crazy city wait for us to be a success? The NFL will start to get twitchy soon if we're not in the playoffs regularly, but will the pressure start to mount on Mark Davis? Kind regards, that's Paul Edgerton in Shroffsfire, England. Paul, also a big listener and a donator over at, um, at Raiders Fan Radio, too, because when I'm watching with Murph over there, Paul's very active over there. Paul's a great, great member of Raider Nation. So, Paul, well, this is interesting because... 
Raider fans are conditioned to, even though it happened over decades, Raider fans are conditioned to their team being nomadic. Okay. And I haven't talked a lot about it, even with you, but I'm working on a book on the Raiders move to Vegas. Right. And one of the things as I was doing research on it is the fact that yes, nomadic, right. Even their start in the Bay area, the switching stadiums in the early sixties at the beginning of the franchise, then of course, Los Angeles, then Oakland, then Vegas. So Paul's question here about, or two points to this question. One is just the nomadic nature, the NFL's expectations in Las Vegas. And then, of course, Las Vegas now, Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, the WNBA Aces won whatever their championship is called last year as well. Does the pressure start to mount on Mark Davis? I'm going to take the first part of this, Mo, and I want to get your response, which is the nomadic nature. So for those of you who weren't around or didn't pay real particular attention at the beginning when the stadium deal and the move to Las Vegas was happening. The whole funding, all the stuff with the stadium, including the NFL's loan, um, it's a 30-year deal. So the Raiders are in Las Vegas for 30 years. I know in the past they signed long deals in Los Angeles, all that stuff. It's different here. They have their own facility. They built in Henderson, of course, the Intermountain Healthcare Facility. They have Allegiant Stadium, brand new, just a few years old. Now, down the line, do they want improvements to that stadium as it ages? Of course, that always happens. But there's no chance, in my view, the Raiders leave Las Vegas uh, probably in the rest of my lifetime. And for most of you who are younger, uh, unless you're a really old dude, there's not even going to be a chance to do it because of the way things were structured. So, Mo, I think people are used to the Raiders moving around, but they really have the roots in Las Vegas now. And I don't think they're going to move. You can, you can never say never. But at least over the next generation or two, I don't see it happening no matter what happens on the field. I agree with you there for the contract reason that you said, which I, I didn't know, so you educated me there. But there are two perspectives of this question. From a fan point of view, I think fans will look at the Aces and look at the Golden Knights who you're representing today on the show and say, those are winning <laughs> franchises. And I mentioned this to you um, through, I think it was through text not too long ago that, you know, you had the Aces who won. You had, you know, you had the Golden Knights who won. And in their first year, they you said they went to the Stanley Cup. Now, fans in that area, that local area, are going to say, well, you know, what about the Raiders? You know, we, we need the Raiders to be good. And and I think you're going to see more fans grow up of, not to say the WNBA is, is popular in the NFL because it's not. Right. But you're going to see young fans maybe gravitate towards other teams that the Raiders don't pick it up. So I think the pressure's on Mark Davis to have a winning franchise in the sense that you want more fans, more of your fans, Raider fans, in the stadium and not visiting fans because Mark Davis pointed that out, I believe, recently that he was tired of seeing opposing fans mm -hmm. taking over stadiums. So that's that's mm -hmm. one part of it. The other part of it is if if the Raiders are making money in Vegas, the NFL is not going to care. I know fans think <laughs> it's about you know winning, and it, for them, it, yes, it is about winning. But for the NFL, it's about making money. Are the Raiders generating cash while they're in Vegas? And I think if, as long as they're generating print money out there, there, there's no reason to think that, oh, the NFL is yeah. going to get itchy about, oh, we got to get the Raiders out of Vegas because they're not winning. It's are they making money? Right. And not only that, but I'll say this, too, to your point about the money, because and this is not a criticism, by the way, when I say this, I'm not saying this in jest or to be a smart ass. The NFL is about money, Business. money, cash. Yeah. Greenbacks, Benjamin, whatever you want to call it. It's a business. It's an entertainment business. Right. Whether a team wins or not doesn't matter if they're in the if they're in the black. Okay. 
So imagine worst case, and the Raiders need to develop a home field advantage to Mark Davis's point. They got to do well so that people want to get in the stadium and they don't sell their tickets. The whole thing. It, it, no, quite. I'm not questioning that. I agree with that. But if the Raiders were to go 0 and 17 for five years in a row, they will still make money and all those seats will be filled because fans will want to go to Las Vegas to see the game. That's the beauty. That's one of the beauties of setting up shop in Vegas. And the NFL knew it because, yeah, okay, you might not sell out every game if the Raiders were that bad, but every Chicago fan, hey, for the weekend, who doesn't want to go to Vegas? Every New York Jets fan, oh, great. Every New Orleans Saints fan, great. Let's go to Vegas and see the game. I mean, that's the beauty of the market. And I think people at first were criticizing the market, saying it was too small. Uh, they missed out on that point. It's a destination. When you have a destination location, that's what's going to happen. So that's it. But I will say, and I go back to your first point about the winning. Yes, you now have two teams in the market have winning. The A's on this win streak, which is incredible, are going to be in Las Vegas within three years. Okay? Who knows? Their ownership is terrible. I'm not talking about because of the, the, the move. I'm talking more about what they've been able to do and produce on the field. But either way... The pressure to win, and I, I talk about it all the time, and we'll have to get our good friend Alan Snell from Las Vegas Sports Business in to talk about this as well. There's only so many entertainment dollars. You're going to spend your money on stuff, right? You have a pool of money, discretionary income, that you're going to spend on games, movies, whatever it is. And so Vegas being the way it is, yeah, you're going to go with the winner. So Gold Knight tickets last year went down. This year they went way up because they played well, and now they won the Stanley Cup. So guess what? It's going to be hard to get a ticket next year. So you, you, you win, and that all, all that stuff comes with it. So we'll see. But the one thing here, too, and we'll have to get into another time because we want to move on, and we thank Paul for his question, is the Mark Davis equation. If the Raiders can't organizationally be consistent, not only on the field but off the field, meaning that can they keep a GM, can they keep the president, can they actually move things forward because it's not been that way other than Mark Bedane's long tenure, then, then, then the question on whether or not if he's the right owner – will come up but he is the owner so unless something crazy happens they can't force him to sell it he's not daniel snyder right so we'll have to see but but a very good question you put it very simply paul but a lot of tentacles and and pieces there mo uh that we could get into and so thank you for your question paul ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. You ready to move on, Mo? Absolutely. All right. Here's another one. Scott Mo. realistically, I don't see the Raiders winning more than six games. Yet, I think JMD, Josh McDaniels, will get a pass since the team is basically starting over at quarterback and is in a mini rebuild. What would have to happen? I love these hypotheticals. What would have to happen for McDaniels to get fired 
after this season. I don't want the Raiders to do so poorly the guy gets fired, yet I also don't think he's the long-term answer. Thanks, and keep up the great work, guys. Raider Nation, appreciate you. That's Glenn in Fort Hood, Texas. So I assume Glenn is either in the Army or has something to do with the business around the Army down in Fort Hood, Texas. So, Mo, what does Josh McDaniels have to do to get fired? It's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> what does he have to do? What do I have to do to get out of here now? But um, <laughs> basically, and I agree, I agree with Glenn that even if the Raiders – are not a playoff team and they're well below 500. I think Josh McDaniels gets another year simply because the way this team is constructed, it seems like the understanding was it's going to take more than one year to rebuild this roster. So I think Josh McDaniels is back in 2024, unless because there's always <laughs> a but or an unless or an exception, unless he loses the locker room. So we heard Devonta Adams chirp a little bit to uh, Marin Fader. Uh, the ringer about he doesn't see eye to eye with the front office of the direction of the team. Of course, he tried to clean it up publicly. Of course, he would because he doesn't want to be a distraction or, or cause a, you know any type of friction in the locker room with the team or fractures. But we heard Devontae Adams chirp a little bit. Josh Jacobs is seemingly unhappy right now. He was a leader in the locker room. Devontae Adams is a leader in that locker room now that Derek Carr is gone. If those guys aren't on board or aren't, aren't on the same page with the coaching staff or the front office, there could be some issues there because I, mm. I I draw some parallels to Matt Patricia, also coming from that New England Patriots coaching tree. When he went to Detroit, wasn't very well liked. Players mm. said they worked hard for little results. Eventually, he wound up getting fired after, I believe, two and a half seasons, and the locker room was a mess. So what I say is that the Raiders can lose a lot of these games, and you can say, well, they are in the mini rebuild, which is true. But I think it has to do with the buy-in. If the players do not believe in the coach or the coaching staff or the front office, that's when you have to start to consider to make changes. Of course, you don't want to see that, no. but I think that's what usually leads to a lot of these changes aside from losing for three straight seasons and not being competitive. It's what happens when you have a fracture between leadership in the locker room, players who are going to be around for a while, and the coaching staff. If there's a fracture there that's irreparable, then you will see Josh McDaniels out after the 2023 season or before the 23 season is over. But I don't necessarily see that happening because the Raiders right now with their leadership, especially some, I'm specifically talking about Devonta Adams, a very professional guy, not someone who's going to outwardly criticize the coaching staff. He'll give his opinion, mm -hmm. but these aren't criticisms to say we need to get rid of Josh McDaniels. He's never going to come out and say that publicly. So with the Raiders having professionals in the locker room, I think they can keep that tampered down, whatever, you know, tensions they have. But I will say that if, if Max Crosby and other guys in the locker room, Chandler Jones, start to sour on this coaching staff, then you have to consider making a move just to save some of those guys' tenure, salvage some of those guys' tenure, and not waste their prime years. I'm not talking about Chandler Jones because he's on the back end, but the Max Crosby's and Devontae Adams, you want to keep those guys happy. No question. There you go. I don't need to add anything to it because you answered it perfectly, my friend. There you go. So, Glenn at Fort Hood, Texas, we appreciate you for listening and for writing in. All right. Our last mail entry of the day of the week is this. Midtown Mo and Gully. He's both our nicknames. Um, I love Josh Jacobs. I own the guy's jersey, but we can't pay him $14 million a season with the needs we have. Unfortunately, by the time we're ready to compete for a playoff spot, Jacobs will be in year seven. It's not just it's just not worth the money. Make him play on the tag and give him a free agency to fend for himself. Can't wait for the new season and whatever it may bring. That's Nathan in Livermore, California. Now we spent the second segment talking about this with your column, Mo. 
And and I I this one side of me, of course, agrees with Nathan that yes, the money can be prog- problematic with a team that's still rebuilding. But reiterate your point about the structure. If you sign him to a three-year deal, for example, at 13, 14 million a year, uh, you can front load that right most so that it doesn't impact the team too much into the future. Right. So if you have a skilled front office contract financials guy. There are so many ways you can manipulate contracts and cap room. You can front load things. You can back load things so that you get the most bang for your buck. I suggest that you don't sign him to a four or five year deal, obviously, for a running back. Now, Josh Jacobs is only 25 years old, by the way. Just turned 25 mm-hmm. in February. So it's not like he's 27, 28 like Dalvin Cook. But he's still, at his age, he should have two to three more optimal years left in his career. So I suggest a three-year deal. Now, we don't know what Josh Jacobs is asking for. We don't know if he's asking for $14 million. Maybe Josh Jacobs is willing to play for 13 We don't know. We just know he's not willing to pay for $10 million on a one-year deal. <laughs> and I think the big thing is he wants financial security for more than one year. So that's why a lot of players don't want the tag because they want financial security beyond one year, especially at the running back position where – you know, running backs come and go. So you're looking for that financial security. So I think he wants more than 10 million, but we don't know exactly where he lands on, on his demands. If it's 13 million, 13 million for three years with a front with a two-year front load and an out after the second year, I don't think it's a bad situation for the Raiders at the running back position. It all boils down to how you how you construct the contract versus what the what the face dollars are on the deal. There you go. Nathan in Livermore. We appreciate that. And I agree with you. I mean, I think that's where it has to be. It has to be, it has to be favorable for both people. You want Josh Jacobs. I get it. He wants to take care of his family. I know he has several children, right? So he started his own family and um, he's got to, he's got to think of that. And, and look, no one else is going to look out for you as much as you are in this world. So I get it. Uh, But at the same time, the Raiders have to be careful because they got a lot of work still to do if they're going to turn the franchise around on the field and make it a Super Bowl caliber type team, you got a long way to go. The hill's big and they're just starting their journey up that. So they need to do it. But uh, thank you for the, the message, Nathan. We certainly appreciate it. The other thing I just want to point out, and Saquon Barkley said this at his charity event recently is some teams just need their lead rusher. Not every mm. team is built like the Kansas City Chiefs where you have Patrick Mahomes so you can trade away an all-pro right. receiver and still have a prolific offense. And every team has a talent of the Philadelphia Eagles on both sides of the ball where they're so balanced on both sides of the ball, offensive defense that they can jettison a running back in the offseason and let him sign with the Carolina Panthers' Miles Sanders. So back to my point in an earlier segment, with Jimmy Garoppolo, you need to keep him healthy. And when he's successful, usually you have a run-heavy offense. That's what the 49ers did with him. That's why I think Josh Jacobs is so important and why you cannot take a chance with an unknown at running back because it's Mayor White. I believe he had 17 carries last year. 17. Oh, so Britton Brent, Brent barely saw the field if, if he did. And Brandon Boland is like 33 years old. So yeah. Yeah. it's not like the Raiders drafted a guy in the second, third round this year. Then I would say, okay. Josh Jacobs doesn't have a leg to stand on because the Raiders drafted another guy early to, to right. replace him. And maybe that guy and Zamir White can pair up and, and be a, a combo. But Zamir White barely touching the ball last year. If the Raiders get rid of Josh Jacobs and don't pay him, they're going into an unknown with a quarterback who doesn't carry offenses with his arm. Look at the 49ers game. Ask any 49er fan. A lot of 49ers fans bring this up. When the 49ers went to the NC Championship one year, got to the NC Championship against. Green Bay Packers, they won the game. Jimmy Garoppolo threw six passes. 
<laughs> six passes and the 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers. So for the most part, if you look at Jimmy G's career as a star in San Francisco, he wasn't that guy. A lot of it was defense in the run right. game. And you know the Raiders have had issues with their defense. So that run game is their best defense. Their run game allows the Raiders to keep posing offenses off the field while running the clock off. So that's why Josh Jacobs, again, is so important. Yeah, and I think the Raiders, by their actions in the offseason, show that they really want to and will come to some agreement with Josh Jacobs. You know, his frustration with the negotiations may have come out in that that very cryptic tweet. But at the same time, I, look, it benefits both parties to get something done. And I really believe that they will before the deadline. How it looks, we'll see. But um, I think I think they'll get things done. But you never know. You know, well, when egos get in the way sometimes on either side, things can go crazy. But let's hope for Raider Nation. Let's hope for the Raiders. Let's hope for Josh Jacobs that that doesn't happen. Be interesting Wait. to watch. One quick comment about this Josh Jacobs situation. I, I don't think he goes to Le'Veon Bell route. A lot of people are worried. I don't think so either. He's going to sit out an entire season and want to play elsewhere next year. I don't think that happens. I, I think it's either he gets the deal before July 17th or he realizes that he has to play on the franchise tag. And I, and I said and I said this before. I'll say this again. What, Dalvin, what happens with Dalvin Cook does matter for Josh Jacobs because if Dalvin Cook signs for less than $10 million, then you're looking at a top-tier running back who's not even making what the franchise tag is worth. So Josh, mm-hmm. you know, teams can really say, well, Dalvin Cook, four straight seasons of 1,100 yards rushing. I know he doesn't have a rushing title like Josh Jacobs does, but he is a top-tier running back. If a top-tier running back can't even make what the franchise tag is, then you have to look at these guys who haven't signed their franchise tag, Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, say they're not going to get what they what they wanted. Right, which is why the teams aren't in a hurry to give them deals, right? Because if and, and Dalvin Cook may end up not getting a deal before the deadline on July seventeenth either. It might go into camp, um, but if you're an NFL team, you're going to like, whoa. Let's the, to your point about four straight seasons, eleven hundred yards. Let's wait to see what he gets. If he gets nine million a year, then the Giants and the Raiders are like, guys, look. <laughs> You know, we might give you an extra, you're getting an extra million playing on the tag or whatever it is. So you have to understand that that's how it's going to play out because it is a business and people are waiting for that pin to drop to see where it's set so that they can um, have better negotiating position as are the players too. They're waiting to see because if, if he got more than the tag, then you can go back to that. Or if Barkley gets 13, 14 million from the giants, then Josh Jacobs says, guys, I had a better year. I haven't been as injured. Uh, what are we doing here? So we'll see how it all plays out. We'll have another month to see a month and two days actually from today to see how it all plays out. All right, Mo, we are done for this Thursday. What do you got coming up uh, the rest of the week and the weekend going into next week that people can pay attention to on Bleacher Report or on Sports Not? Actually, Mo Moan is going to be MIA again for Whoa. another week. <laughs> taking some time off again? Back taking, to- some more, taking some more time off. I, I will want a quick shout out to Matt Holder at Bleach Report. He's taken on a lot of the writing responsibilities, so guys like myself and my two colleagues can can kind of take it easy in June and, and get some personal matters and things around our our lives. And because you know we, we have families and things of that nature mm-hmm. that we we have to get to too. Of course, I'll still be here with you on Silver and Black, Black today. But there will be no pieces out for the rest of the week. No Bleach Report live shows for for about a week and a, and a half. I yep. will have a sports not column. I will be uh, putting out a column just t- going over a big question for every position group on the Raiders. So mm. 
obviously the running back, you know, the question is going to be around Josh Jacobs. The quarterback will be around Jimmy Garoppolo. But there are other interesting questions about the offensive line, the defensive line, Tyree Wilson, the secondary that the Raiders must answer at training camp or before training camp. So I'll have that on sports, not next week. Yes. I thought you were going to be on the float, one of the floats in the Golden Knights uh, Stanley Cup parade. No? Oh, man. Everybody knows how much you love hockey. I'll leave that to the to the Vegas locals out there to enjoy yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Too bad, too bad. I haven't had a reason to celebrate a championship in, in my lifetime. I, I mean, if you look at New York sports and New York landscape, we've had teams that have been close. Yeah, the Mets, you know, the Mets a few years, but it's just I, I've had nothing to really super celebrate. Congrats to the Golden Knights and the people out there to enjoy that championship. It, it, it's a feeling like no that I, I hope I get to experience that as a Knicks fan. Of course, I have to keep it tight. If the Raiders were to win the Super Bowl, I have to, you know, the 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 16-year-old me would want to pop out and celebrate, but I have to keep it professional. <laughs> but uh I would hope that the, I could see the Knicks win a championship so that I can go outside and go crazy and cry uh, light poles. See, this this, this this is my first professional one as a fan. Which is why it's, I mean, at, at my age, it's incredible. It's taken this long for that to happen. That tells you that I don't pick wisely with my teams, obviously. <laughs> um, but UNLV in 1990 was the last team that I had was invested in and as a fan that won. They won the national championship. It's a long time ago. So this one, this is the first professional. And uh, I will not be at the parade, but my son will be there. My friends, obviously, all out in Vegas will be there. So I'll be there in spirit. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, Mo, well, we will catch up with you early next week. And thanks to all the fans for bearing with us. I know some of you will probably comment and say, I heard construction in the background. They're building my second <laughs> home across the street. So bear with me on that one. That's why I'm going to be out for a week. I have to tend to my second home that's being built. That's right. He goes. He, that's that's where he's going. He's going back to Abu Dhabi. He's get, He's got like four <laughs> wives back there. He's breaking. No, I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. Uh, but no, we, we appreciate that you're going to get some time to yourself. And we appreciate that you'll spend some of that with us. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Sounds good. All right. For uh, our producer, Mike Robier, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbrans, and this has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Regional Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe wherever you get your audio. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you and appreciate the chat. As always, hit the subscription and the notifications bell as well there. Take care, Raider Nation. We will be at you again on Tuesday. Yes, we'll talk to you about what's happening in Raider Nation. We enter this little dead period. Got some cool guests coming up, so stay tuned and watch for us there. For everybody here, we wish you the best weekend ever. Yes, the best weekend ever. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.